Princess. What's up? It's my turn to start the day off with a good question. So I thought I'd just stick you a little softball, mm-hmm. a little easy, easy okay. question here. I'm ready. Most of the time when I need just an easy question or a thought, mm-hmm. I just go to Genesis. It's just a natural thing I do. And just the creation of mankind, the world, yeah, and analyzing an what it says question. in Genesis. But uh-huh. what I find is interesting is Genesis 127. It says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. What does that mean to you that God created mankind in his own image? Gosh, that's a really complicated question, Kevin. Like very complicated. But I think to me, it means that everybody reflects a little bit of the glory of God. And so when I look at you or when I look at somebody else, I feel like I can see bits and pieces of the glory of God. And maybe that's your... Do you see that in me? You see A little God? bit, yeah. Okay, just, I, I mean, like, like this. I mean, just think about the way that we're all different and wired and create... Like, I don't know, like your sense of humor, your ability to connect with somebody shows me that God is a God who is relational. So I think we can see little bits of pieces of God in people. I think that's one part of it. I like it. I like it. And what I think is it means that God created us. It's simply a reflection that we are a reflection that he created us and how wonderful uniquely. I mean, princess, you're the only princess moon like you in the entire world. To be able to honor and accept that is not an easy thing to do. Mm. But if you do, you're on the path to doing some amazing things because you know you were created by God, that you're created for something more. Your gifts and your talents are uniquely yours. And when you embrace that I was created by God in his image, then you get to kind of own that and go with it. Yeah. These are tough questions, They're aren't so they? Hard. We're not going to stop going after a tough questions because I jokingly say they're softballs, but we don't know everything. Mm-hmm. But isn't that fun that we get to analyze mm-hmm. and and somebody may tell us we're wrong, but that's okay. That's okay. We're going with the, what God created us to analyze these different things. And I'm just glad to get this thing started today. Are you ready, Princess? Let's get it can you started. handle it? Because today we got something special. Oh, yeah. Let's, Let's get, get it started. started. You're listening to Irrational Kindness. Hi, I'm Kevin. And I'm Princess. We work with hundreds of amazing team members at our three Chick-fil-A restaurants in Canton, Georgia. We lift up the celebrity in every human. Hey, that's you. We seek to understand over being understood and prioritize kindness towards yourself and others over over everything. everything. Oh gosh, Princess, man, I am so excited about being here today. Yeah. I'm like a dog. You walk into a room and a dog's just wagging his tail. He's and you just saw him a little bit ago, but he's he's still excited. That's the way I am today because we're going to interview my dad. What? Yes. We're going to talk to my dad. My mom and dad are just amazing people. I just think the world of them, yeah. I know people get to brag about their parents or people in their life, but mm-hmm. they're certainly worthy of bragging. They have so many different wonderful gifts. My dad had an expectation for us, not an expectation that we're going to be perfect, hmm. but an expectation that you were going to go for it. That's good. And you were going to achieve bigger than what you thought you could. But one of the things I've always found interesting when I reflect reflect on my parents is as much as they pushed us to be our best, love always came in higher than wow. that. And I think I've learned a lot as a parent to say, you can push a bar really high yeah. for team members, the people you work with, your family members. But if love is higher, then I think that gives you the authority to do that. And they yeah. always made sure love came in higher than wherever they pushed. So I always felt loved, just grateful and excited like a dog wagging his tail, Gosh. that you get to meet my dad. 
And so here we go. Let's get it. I'm so excited to dive in. Let's start it. All right, Princess, let me tell you what I know about my dad. Mm -hmm. Okay. My dad, he worked at Ford for how long did you work at Ford? Was it 30 years at Ford? Wow. So at um, 30 years, but he at the, towards the end of his career, he had Linda Cash that worked for him. And he interestingly told us one day that she was the only person he gave a perfect recommendation to. Is that true? Well, what happened is Linda, she was a, I was an industrial engineer and I was a manufacturer or engineering manager, a third of the plant. She worked for me as a, uh, industrial engineer and so she uh she was excellent mm. later on my career because I, I i worked my way up to this point but anyway in giving people performance reviews i never really in my whole career gave anybody an outstanding performance review i gave lots of excellence lots of excellent pluses but i never gave anybody an outstanding review mm-hmm. uh, so linda came along she worked for me and she was truly an outstanding employee so I, I went to management and told them I'm going to give her an outstanding performance review. And they gave me the authority to go ahead and do that. And she went on and she was very successful and I knew she was going to be. And she went on to become a vice president of Ford Motor Company World Headquarters. Oh, wow. A new model launch and, and quality. So yeah, the cool thing is, so we surprised him by reaching out to her oh, wow. and letting him come by. We went up to Dearborn and uh, got to meet her. This one person, can you imagine what made her stand out yeah. in in a world that you had had thousands or however many employees you had been around working at the Ford Motor Company in Atlanta? What made her stand out? She was very smart and she uh, had people skills. It surpassed everything else. She was a person that could relate to people. I don't care who you were, whatever you were, she could relate to you. She was uh, very smart to go with it. She knew what the objective was, and she would actually make it happen, and everybody would be happy with the results. And so she was a, a very productive worker. Do people skills trump hard work? People skills are equal to hard work. Uh, hard work and persistence will allow you to use people skills. I guess that's kind of the deal. So if you don't have the people skills, your hard work might not pay off. Well, you know, flashing back to your dad, my dad's dad was a fifth grade education and his mother was a eighth grade education. So did they have people skills to go with their hard work or what made them successful? Certainly hard work was a piece of it. Well, hard work, but uh, they also had the ability to uh, be persistent in what they did. And they almost also had the knowledge of uh, growing up on a farm. You had to be capable of making a living. So whatever you were doing had to turn into a revenue source to support the family. So they had the ability to know where they wanted to go, to have have a commitment to what they want to do, and then persistent to make it happen. Mm-hmm. When you're on a farm, nothing happens really quick. You know, mm-hmm. you're growing stuff, you're planting stuff, hoping you're going to harvest. And so you work, you know, all year long trying to make that happen. But their persistence and their ability to change, they went from row crop growing corn and cotton to raising chickens and then to raising cattle. So as the farming changed, they had the ability to change, and they worked full-time on the farm. That was their commitment. And that, well, I, th- I think it was their faith. Their faith in, faith in God was uh, a very big, big part of that. Uh, they realized that they didn't have an education, but they realized they wanted us to be successful, and they saw that as, a, as an avenue combined with hard work and 
people skills that you could be successful. So it was really kind of an opportunity. Yeah, just a commitment. Sundays meant the world to them. They would take Sundays off even though they were working, didn't they? On a farm, we worked six days a week. Saturday was the same as a Monday on a farm. So it was like, okay, we didn't have, but Sundays, there was no work. Everything shut down. Everybody went to church. We went to church as a family every Sunday. And Sunday, you kind of, it was kind of free time. What do you miss about church then that you don't experience today? Well, those are all memories, and, and I think things go on, and church changes, and your your environment changes. But you reflect back on those as, as as a great time because of what they meant to you and how they made you what you are today. But I don't, I'm not one that says, "Okay, let's go back to the old days." I kind of enjoy where I'm at, so I always try to enjoy where I'm living today. Well, Princess, that sticks out to me. I asked my dad's mom one time, I, I was harping on the good old days, and she'd say, let me tell you about the good old days. And she would get on about washing, how you, know, you had to hand wash your clothes in the mm. in the creeks. And uh, she was like, no, thanks. I'm good yeah, with not going I'm back good. to good old days. Hey, what about, uh, how did you get your first car? Well, that, uh, my parents were always motivators, and I tried to pass that along. But they were motivators, and what they did on the farm uh, when we were farming, they would say, okay, here's two acres. This is your property. This is your part of the farm. And, and at that point, we were growing cotton. So whatever cotton is produced on your little sport, spot of land, and they kept it separate and all that, and we, we cultivated it all together. So I had like a couple acres. So every year, I would we'd harvest the cotton. I would take it to the market, sell the cotton. You know, maybe I'd get a couple of bales. Maybe that would generate, a bale of cotton would generate a little less than $200. Also, they taught me we had to save that money. Whatever I earned, whatever that property produced, my little plat produced, had to go into the, I'd put it in the bank account so it would grow. So over the years, and that probably started when I was 12 or 13 years old. And so also they might give me one of these little baby calves out here and say, that's yours. Mm-hmm. When it was up. You know, you, you can take it to the market. So we take it to the auction and they sell the calf so you get the revenue from it. So, Princess, when we get our donkeys and goats out here, I'm going to give you a goat. Oh, gosh. And we're going to see how much. Uh, oh, gosh. The problem is if we, the only way to get money is to is to sell it, which means it's going to become food, right? Yeah. <laughs> so don't get too attached. Gosh. You can't get too attached to the animal because you might be eating it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. You know, when we talk about dream big here a lot, these ideas, you never told me, hey, go climb Mount Kilimanjaro, you know, go travel the world. You can do it. You actually, uh, I said, you just told me to go to work and figure out your dreams while you're going to work. Mm. Your wants can be a, something you save for and pay cash for one day. What was your philosophy on that? I think oftentimes it's easy to get caught up in this idea of by the time you're 20, you should be out there tackling the world, reaching all your dreams. But that's not the way you taught us or the way you lived your life. Mm. Well, you kind of have to take baby steps, and I guess you know you you can't uh, you can't have self gratification instantly. You have to kind of earn your way up to that. So I think you have to have goals that you want in life, and I think uh, part of that is okay. Eventually, I'll be able to do these things. Right now, I need to establish myself as a as a person. I need to get a career going, and I need to have a source of income. And by doing that, I will be able to do these other things. It's a matter of uh, the priority and working toward it. I think you have to have objectives, but you need to always be trying to work toward that objective and not just trying to say, okay, I got to instantly have this. Hopefully you have a number of years and you can uh, 
enjoy those things as you get uh, as you get older and have have the resources to do it. So I was really big and everybody trying to establish a, a source of income earlier on. I think that came from being on the farm back and I tried to instill that in my children that you need to have a source of income because there's nobody going to take care of you other than yourself. Learning to work is is really important. And the second part of that learning to work is giving 110% of whatever you're doing. I don't care where you're at in life. If you will give 110% of what you're doing to being the best at it that you can possibly be, you will automatically almost always get rewarded. I mean, there are probably exceptions, but uh, you will get rewarded if you do that. And you always taught us like uh, one example, Princess, I was wrestling and I hated wrestling. It was eighth grade wrestling. And I just... I think the day I, I started wrestling, I'm like, this was the worst decision of my life. But my parents told us, you, you're going to finish out what you're doing there. Yeah. And it was that mentality that things get rough, but you're going to finish it out. And I think in football or soccer, all the different things, y'all were always just just keep grinding it, you know, celebrating wherever we were at. But it's getting over that hurdles. Well, yeah, that's, that goes back to the big key in, in life, and that's that's persistence, okay, having the persistence to do whatever you're going to do. Nothing comes really quick. I, I really think of my career at Ford, which was the second job I'd had because I spent uh, three years with Kroger and a management program and then went, went transferred over, went to Ford. But uh, I would say the first 10 years I worked there, I was trying to give 110%, hmm. and I was able to... It took me 10 years to get enough recognition that I went and I, and I changed within the, the company of different jobs and whatever went from, uh, I didn't have an engineering background, but one of my managers through my efforts invited me to come over and work for him as an industrial engineer. And he says, I'll train you on jobs. So I went up and became an industrial engineer with on job trainings to it. It was all because of persistence. So I spent about 10 years and then my career kind of exploded after that. That's, uh, so I think that persistence thing and whatever you're doing, somebody will recognize you or you will benefit from it financially yourself. And everything's not financial. It's got to be, you know, you got to enjoy life as you go through. So you can't really just be obsessed with that. Like as a family, we always took vacations. We always did uh, lots of things as a family. So it's important that you have a balance that you don't just get obsessed with actually working. Well, you always took a priority in, in uh, our family. Uh, making sure that family was everything, even between uh, you and mother who had a great uh, relationship. But y'all kind of hit paused on a lot of y'all's travels and a lot of things y'all went out to really focus on the family because you now have seen the entire world from top to bottom. I don't know how many times you've been around the world, but you never actually did that just the two of y'all until you retired, did you? So what was your philosophy on staying focused on the family? Well, first off, I was blessed with uh, Barbara as a wife and, uh, We've had like 59 years together. So that's wow. Wow. That's a, that's amazing. She's pretty impressive, isn't she? Yeah. We really did things as a family. It was more important to to be together as a family and to do things as a family. And then once the children got out of college or got in college or in college, then we began to travel some. And then I was able to retire a little bit earlier because not only am I a person that, uh, tries to teach and believes that it's not how much money you make, but it's kind of how much of that are you going to save and invest. And so that's kind of the way that it worked for us. And we were able to, uh, later on, after I retired, we were actually have traveled the whole world. So we've been blessed with actually seeing uh, 
there's very few countries that we haven't come and visited, haven't spent time in. So it's, that's been a blessing. But what I was thinking about also is we didn't save all of that travel and all that experience until we retired because we did as a family spend time together not only on vacation but whatever the children were involved in. Princess, we've celebrated over 35 years of going to the beach wow. together. Dad and mom have done a tremendous job of setting these um, traditions up in mm-hmm. our family. You know, early on, one of the traditions was you sing Christmas carols Yeah, on Christmas Eve and like my mom or sister would play the piano and my dad singularly <laughs> could, could I mean, oh. I wish, could you sing us one song just so they could understand. You're really trying to embarrass me. (laughs) The grandchildren all, you know, my favorite song to sing to them because it was kind of easy was You Are My Sunshine. (laughs) Give us a couple bars of that. Yeah. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy. When skies are gray. That sounds good. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, you sound pretty good. How special is that? How do you measure success in being a granddad today? Well, you hope that you can see some of the things that you've instilled in them as they get older. And that's that's the biggest challenge you have is to try to transfer some of your philosophy over to your grandchildren. So again, I've always been a person. It tried to live as an example. So I don't mind if you do what you see me doing. I'm not going to ask you to do something I wouldn't do. So I'm really blessed with some great grandchildren. They're all doing very well. So that uh, we're really blessed with that. Well, you've done a tremendous job. You know how grateful I am of you. But certainly, you know, I think it's a challenge for us whether we're older or what, what you're saying is whether you're a young person today. With the actions you're doing, are they reflective of something you'd be proud of if your kids did? The habits you have, the amount of phone usage, the things that you're filling your brain with. Mm-hmm. If your kids were doing that exact same thing, are you proud of them? And I think that's a, that's a great, great bar to set for all of us. If, if I was going to judge something for my grandchildren, if, if, you know, if I could transfer, you know, faith, which luckily they're, they're all involved in churches and et cetera, but, uh, it, the, uh, the faith and, and the living an example are two of the things that, uh, you know, and persistence in whatever they, they, they start to do. I think those are some of the things to kind of summarize what I would hope that would happen to my grandchildren. And I'm very, I'm very pleased with where I'm at with my grandchildren today. Princess, isn't it amazing that I have, I got blessed with a dad like that? Yeah. Seriously, Mr. Jim, you are an incredible example, I feel like. So thank you for even just the wisdom and that you've imparted that to Kevin. Yeah, well, I I, I was blessed with good parents too, great parents. Awesome. Hey, Daddy, thank you so much. Guess what? I just did a review on you and mother as parents, and y'all got an excellent rating. I've never given an excellent rating out, but y'all just got one. Linda Cash doesn't have anything on y'all. That is is awesome. That is awesome. (laughs) Hey, uh, yeah, thank you for the faith. Five star on hard work and teaching us that. The example y'all live, they didn't just talk it, they did it. And lastly, you got a five star for cheering us on. We're better because you cheered us on. Well, I, I am so blessed with two boys, with Brad and Kevin and with Susan. They, they are awesome, and we, we are proud of them. Wow, Kevin, that was an incredible interview with your dad. Like, that was amazing. Thanks for letting me do that. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I had high expectations, but he completely exceeded them. And one of the things that still I'm— thinking about is he worked faithfully given 110% for 10 years in Ford. 
before he saw really a different position and and just that persistence to continue to be faithful. I'm going to keep grinding at it, keep grinding at it, even when it wasn't glorious. Like that to me is like, man, do I have that? Am I willing to do that? But what did well, you take? And, and, and just, just the change, how they, yeah. they could get through change. They rolled through it, but love never stopped. I mean, it's a constant for each other. Mm-hmm. Cheering each other, they're the best of best of friends, always there, no matter what, no yeah. matter how what's going on in life. And then also for us, you know, I always knew that I mattered to them. Yeah. No matter what I needed to conquer. And with that, you kind of that's the fuel to do some incredible things. And we can be that for anybody. Right. You yeah. may not have that parent that I got to be fortunate about, but you can be that for somebody else. Hmm. And you can be that fuel. And that's the opportunity we have to be that fuel like my dad and mom were. And speaking of my mom, I got to spend a few minutes with her out on the dock at the lake. And I wanted y'all to hear her awesome voice and how much wisdom and love she brings. I weigh 110 pounds and I'm very gorgeous (laughs) and no wrinkles. And not one wrinkle. Hey, tell me, did you feel like you were Green Acres when you were the city girl meeting the country boy? No, I did not. Absolutely, I did not. Because he had been already gone to University of Georgia, and um, that was in the university. And then his parents were not like that. When I met them, they were very, very nice they people. They actually liked the, the city girl coming into town? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they liked me later, yeah. Because I sure like them. Gosh, that's incredible. You all, so until next time, we will see you soon. We out. Gotta get in while you can. Gotta get out while you can. Gotta get in while you can. Get out while you can Play your cards right, middleman Play your cards right, middleman Play your cards right, man And check your gauge Check your gauge Check your gauge Check your gauge